They talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness. They talking all of they talking all of they talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness. They talking all of they talking all of they talking all. Hello, everybody, and welcome to yet another edition of Throwback Madness, where we review a pay-per-view from way back in the day, from our current month. This month was a listener suggestion. Who was it, Aaron, that won? Tyrell the Roadblock Miles. Tyrell the Roadblock Miles, thank you for choosing Unforgiven. Thank you, Tyrell. 2002. My name is Ron Pashery, columnist for TJRWrestling.net. I'm here once again with my good friend, Mr. Sexy Punakana, then now forever, you know it. Kane Joe Rodermill, and Mr. Wednesday Night Live, Alo Aaron Lloyd, hailing this week from Vienna, Austria. Thank you for flying in from Austria to join us. Anything to be here. <laughs> Anything. Was this a show you were okay with reviewing? Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. Because I know there were some that you were hoping were not picked. Yes. Now, do you get subtitles in Austria, or is it just regular? Yeah, subtitles. Okay. So you yeah. got to translate it on your own. Yes. Right. It's a lot of extra work, so yeah. I, I applaud you for I, that. I didn't get to hear Jr. and King. No. No. Oh, that stinks. I know. So you had to listen to it from the Austrian announcement. Yes. Did it get broken during the pay per view or no? Yeah. All right. They usually do. <laughs> so Unforgiven 2002. It was a September show. Very first thing I noticed about this show was it was in Los Angeles, but there was a Donovan McNabb jersey right in the front row. <laughs> I don't know why that stood out to me, and I saw it all through the show. That drew your eyes? Yeah, it was like number five. It was definitely a McNabb jersey. Are you sure we're in LA? And I waited until we got a camera angle where I could see for sure. It's ironic, he was, it's ironic he was sitting on the floor level. <laughs> yeah. You're not some McNabb threw the ball. Yeah. The well, that, yeah. Wouldn't ha- that wouldn't happen now because LA's got, actually got their own team. You know I mean? Yeah, they do. I don't so, know if anybody's wearing a very, Rams jersey. Very exciting. Yet. No? Right now. They don't have any golf jerseys out there for the third string quarterback? After Monday night, I'm not sure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So the main event on this show was the Beast Incarnate. Before he was the Beast Incarnate, he was what, just the next big thing at this time? Brock Lesnar against my least favorite incarnation of The Undertaker. Very far down the list of yeah. favorite incarnations. Now, Alo, how do you feel about that version of The Undertaker? Because he might be kind, he might be like the, he's close to the first Undertaker you knew. Yeah, he is close because, like I tell you, I was terrified of the, <laughs> of like the Corp- ministry. Yeah, ministry. Corp- he just freaked me out. I was completely terrified. So you're like, thank God, he's just a biker with a bandana now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I don't have a problem with it. I kind of have an unconditional love when it comes yeah. to riding around, around blasting kids. That, that's actually why I wanted to ask that because it's it, basically that version of the Undertaker is just. Mark Calloway. Yeah, because I had that question for you guys too when we got when we got there. Yeah. But I have, I kind of have unconditional love for the Undertaker. Yeah, I I do have love for the Undertaker. That's just not my favorite no. uh, my favorite version of him. But he adapted to it pretty well because he was a straight a straight brawler. Yeah, and, well, and that, that was and that actually playing him playing himself in a way. Yeah. Was that when they started referring to him as a striker? Um, because like, I don't time. I don't remember that from earlier. It was Amer- around when he's American badass. And at this point, he was big, well, big evil, red devil, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. But when, but when he came back American badass. That's when he started being more of a striker. Yeah, because I, I felt like that was like a new thing. I just never remembered really exactly where it started. As I've told you from these throwback madness episodes before, I realized how much I was drinking back at the time because I don't <laughs> how, remember how fuzzy your memory. Yeah, was. I don't remember nearly as much as I would have expected. And there was a lot of this show even. Your brain was fermented. That I forgot. Yeah. So the opening match. Well, we didn't give our ratings. Oh, yeah, you're right. I forgot we do that at the beginning. Yeah. 
So do you want to give the rating system once again for listeners? Yeah, if it's a great if it's a great show, it's a showstopper. If it falls somewhere in the middle, it's a slobberknocker. And if it's horrible, which it's not, it's a, <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be a jobber. All right. So who wants to go first? Joe, you want to give the rating first? Well, I mean, there was things I loved, things I hated, but uh, there was more things I loved, so I have to go slobberknocker. I mean, we got to stick to that scale. <laughs> so we'll go there. Slobberknocker. Alo? Well, um... I had a lot of fun with this show. Okay. It, it, this was my ter- This is my time. This is, this is like an 11 year old. Yeah, 11 year old. I thought about that more than a few times. Like, I'm just imagining like, this little kid. I, I was done with Capri Suns. I was crushing. <laughs> I was crushing Kool Aid jammers at this time. Jammers? You, you skipped over the Ecto Coolers altogether? Yeah. Crushing Kool Aid jammers. How many do you think you drank during the course of this show? At least a whole box. <laughs> Mom wasn't happy. But. I had a lot of fun watching this show. It brought me back to my childhood. No, er, you know I'm big on pacing. The pacing was excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to give it a high slob knock. I really enjoyed watching it. It brought back so many memories as a kid. It was a great show. Yeah, I'm, like I said, I didn't remember a whole lot of it. Uh, there was definitely some stuff I absolutely hated, which we'll get to. Yeah, there's one thing, um, I, one thing I physically, I mentally wiped <laughs> from my memory. And we're getting more into that later. Yeah. Was it traumatic seeing it again? It's traumatic, very traumatic. All right. Uh, I'll give it. Huh? Was it Hildy? Oh no, <laughs> that was someone entertaining. I'll give it. A, I'll give it a high slobber knocker as well, because for the most part, I had a lot of fun watching it. Like I said, a lot of it I forgot. There were some guys on here that it was a treat to get to watch again. Probably my favorite thing about Throwback Madness is seeing some of these guys again. Because if not for doing this, I probably wouldn't be going back and watching with the. 12 hours of wrestling we got to watch every week already. So it's nice to get to see this. So, as always, a great opening sequence. Maybe WWE's, maybe that's like their signature quality, is they can make a great video package, a great vignette on anything when they choose to do so. Yep. So we have to shout out that. And as always, it's great to hear good old JR and King. Voice that comforted me through my childhood. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, we did have some Michael Cole. He wasn't that bad back then. In. No, he's way worse now. Because <laughs> well, they didn't give him as much. No. Yeah, you're right. It, it, it's uh, it's not fun to hear him at this point, but back then, yeah, he wasn't nearly as bad. And Taz, <laughs> I'll agree with laugh on this. The, the New York accent, <laughs> after a while, I can't take it anymore. At that time. Yeah, at that I time. Guess, I guess I would tune it, it out. Well, he was still fresh at the time, too. Yeah, he was new. At the time, I'm sure I did not have any problem with it. But opening match, we had the Un-Americans, Christian, Test, Lance Storm, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And William Regal, one of the most underrated guys of all time, I feel like. Uh, under, underrated wrestlers. That whole yeah. team is underrated. They are. That, that Actually, that is what they, they could have been called, the underrated. <laughs> because every one of those guys is underrated. Against Booker T, Goldust... Bubba Ray Dudley and Kane and the first thing I'm going to say about this match is this is the era of Kane that I think people forget like how good he really this was my, when he this was is good. my favorite incarnation of Kane. <laughs> he was great he was like mine was Isaac a monster. <laughs> so you liked him before he was Kane you're like the guy who likes a band before anybody heard of them yeah well, I'm that guy yeah, there's nothing wrong with being that guy. Somebody's got to be that guy. Yeah, everyone's that guy. Yeah. So you discovered Kane? <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> I liked Bubba and Booker doing some of the uh, Dudley Boy shtick. But, but see, I had a problem with that. Did you? Why? Why is the black guy always got to get the table? <laughs> I don't know, but that's a good point. It is. See, that's my white privilege right there, not realizing well, maybe that was what happened. 
Maybe because he's always the guy going head first. Why you gotta do that too? Because <laughs> Bubba head can't first in the crotch. Because <laughs> Bubba can't do it. But I thought it was funny seeing that. Uh, always like seeing his shattered dreams. <laughs> Hadn't seen one of those in a while. Um, I thought this was a fun match. There obviously wasn't a whole lot on the line, at least from what I remember. I don't remember the storyline for this. Nah, it wasn't really a lot in line. I mean, was there like anything really well, at stake? Un-Amer- well, last month, Un-Americans beat Booger T and Goldust for the tag title. Well, in the tag team title match at SummerSlam, mm-hmm. and um, Tess lost to the Undertaker, and Bubba, Bubba, he was he was on he was on his own at the time, and then Kane made his return a few weeks prior from being out since April with injury. Yeah. So there wasn't a lot behind the match. No, um, we were standing in the. No, it's just guys basically have problems. Basically, pe- people have problems with the Americans. Yeah. Because because Tess did screw Booker Team Glorious up the tag team titles a month prior. Um. I thought it was a good opener to the match. One, because it's a lot of people who were over with the crowd, for yeah. one thing. Uh, Goldust, one of the people who really ushered in the Attitude Era, like he kind of paved the way for a lot of people pushing the envelope as far as they, they did, because he went pretty far himself. Uh, he was a little bit more tame, I feel like, by this point. Yeah. He wasn't quite where he was nah, in the late 90s. I don't know if maybe... Uh, the backlash had come down. No pun yeah. intended. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was a good opener. Uh, like I said, wasn't a whole lot at stake. I didn't remember a whole lot of the storyline, but I thought it was a nice open to the match. The crowd was into it. And Kane being, you know, the apex of what Kane used to be. And we'll have more to say about Kane when we get to our actual show. Oh, jeez. Uh, <laughs> uh, on the SmackDown segment of the show, we had Stephanie McMahon with Billy and Chuck. I don't remember Chuck either. This 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 was thing that I I blocked from my memory. Billy and Chuck, and they they were they were borderline relationship with each other. It was uh, yeah. I didn't really remember a whole lot of this. And then there was the whole the HLA hot lesbian action, which (laughs) HLA with Eric Bizarre. This is one of the things I'm glad for the the new PG era. That you you know who they blame that on? Who Vince Russo? Really wasn't around. I was gonna say I know he wasn't there, but they blame him for that. They blame him for that because they think that was something he would do. What does Russo feel about that? He he, he probably loved it, bro. Bro, I I I get blamed for that all the time. The Attitude Era. I get blamed for that all the time, bro. I was not there, bro. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is something that's right out of his playbook. Uh, but, yeah, I, I could have done without all that, and I'm so and glad I, we don't yeah, have that. Yeah, I completely anymore. wiped that from my memory. I didn't want to remember Billy Gunn like that. And... But a very young, innocent-looking Stephanie McMahon. Oh, she looks fantastic. Good. <laughs> you could, I feel like you could see a little bit of the Stephanie McMahon we would get in the future. That's a real slob in Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They got Rosie and Jamal. <laughs> Rosie, Ra- Rosie Reigns? Yeah. <laughs> Umaga? The, yeah, the less in shape Rosie Reigns. version. Uh, oh, this is his brother. Is it really? Yeah. I didn't know Rosie's that. Rosie's his brother. Yeah, how did I not know that? I just never heard it. Um, we had Y2J and Flair in a match for the Intercontinental Championship. The first thing I'll say about this, looking back at... Jericho was at this time just a four-time Intercontinental <laughs> Champion. Um, no, Chickling. He, you know, very different look. He had the long braid, the long goatee, the long yep. pants. The way he, the way he first came into WWE with that. He needs to go back to pants. Yeah, he, he does. He should, anyway. <laughs> That's I liked that a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> but I was thinking about it, watching him, and it was like, he was so great back then. Who would have thought, one, 14 years later, he... We might like him more now than we did then. Yeah. 
that he'd be even better. I'm starting to think, and I don't know if you guys agree with me on this, and maybe we'll bring this up on the actual show as well. So we don't need to get into this. But I almost feel like I may need to rethink my Mount Rushmore. <laughs> wow. I think we may be at the point. He's eking his way in there. Jericho may have changed my Jeff, Mount Rushmore. Jericho's put a lot in. I've thought about that a couple <laughs> times. Like, how can I have he's, this guy? He's on the cusp. He's always been on the cusp for me. Yeah. Why is that no spots on the mountain? I know. Yeah, it's, it's only four. He's always been in my top ten for a long time. But I may have to reevaluate. So maybe, maybe not... Rushmore, maybe just a monument. Maybe, but he, he may, I may have to put him on the rush. The, the fact you that can. Is, the fact that he is right now, I feel like I enjoy him more now than ever. And he's getting things over, like stupid. The word "it" he has gotten over. <laughs> stupid idiot, he has gotten over. Drink it in, man. He has got. He's getting over. Well, he was still smallest. doing these good kind of things back then, too. Yeah, I, I think. I, I'm starting to think that he's underappreciated some, for how some great quality heel work in this match alone. Mm-hmm. Great heel work. Ric Flair still kind of looked like Ric Flair at this time. Oh yeah, I don't know who he looks like now. Yeah. <laughs> they were sort of they were sort of like uh, devaluing Ric Flair in a couple matches before this one and coming into this one. Well, Flair beat Jericho the month prior at SummerSlam. Yeah, yeah but he lost um, on Raw before to Rico, I believe. Did he? Yeah, hmm. I, was, I was reading more into it. He lost to Rico and they were Rico, who would play a role later. To steal a quote from Ayla, we'll get to that. <laughs> we'll get to that. Um, yeah, good match. The fact that Flair was even putting on a match of this caliber at this point, <laughs> I think, is pretty impressive. Jericho fakes the knee on the on the lion salt. Yeah, I like that because he, he he basically fell for Flair's own tricks. Yeah, he out dirtied the dirtiest yeah. player in the game. Yeah, the match was pretty short. It's not it easy to do. Six minutes long. Yeah, I time I actually timed all these matches. Six minutes and sixteen seconds, but it told a story. It pushed a story for Ric Flair forward yep. that would actually play into the rest of the show. So good. <laughs> <clears throat> it kind of helped keep building Jericho into the character yeah. he was, and just anybody who can get one over like that on Flair and him saying it. And his it, gave, way and back it gave Jericho the, the win, which is key. Yeah, not match of the night, not a five star mm-hmm. match, but it was fun to watch. They told us a good story, and there was actually ramifications for it. I'll take a, I'll take a a subpar, you know, kind of nothing crazy. If it moves the story forward, if it moves, and it moved a couple stories forward, so I'm okay with that. Yeah, I I enjoyed this match. Uh, I thought it was good. I thought it was a good performance from both guys, as short as it was. It's not about the size of the match; it's how you use it. (laughs) It is, and they used it well. (laughs) Bischoff was in the back with Jamal and Rosie, as we said earlier. This is part of, of the show that I hated because I hate anything with Eric Bischoff. <laughs> really? I hate Eric Bischoff. I really? Yeah. I never knew that. I I just think he sucks. He has a podcast now. I know you heard about that. I, I know he has one. I'll never listen to it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't like Eric Bischoff. I didn't know that. Yeah, not at all. How do you feel about Bischoff? Never, never bothered me. How about you? Eh, I, I don't care for him. See, Alo, you got you got to remember, I came up in the era when... So WWE was like bright, colorful, and was marketed to the Northeast in the 80s. Mm-hmm. It was still territorial. WCW, while it was on TBS, the Superstation at the time, for people who remember that, it looked really dark, just looked boring to me, and I just always hated. I despised WCW for the I pretty much the whole too, time yeah. it was I, I, I hated in its WCW. existence. And they misused all their talent. Yeah, I'll give Bischoff credit for some of the stuff he did in WCW, but he is not nearly as revolutionary or as good as he fancies himself to be at this point. He did one good thing. Yeah, the NWO. Well, I'll give him two. What's the other thing? You're not going to agree with it. Goldberg. At first. Uh, yeah, at first. Well, here's my thing about Goldberg. I think Goldberg was awful. 
He's yeah. my least favorite wrestler of all time. The only wrestler I can say I hate. But I will give Bischoff credit in that he was huge. Yeah. The, not physically, but I mean, he was monstrous at that time. Like, I know people who were WWE fans that would solely tune in to Nitro to see Goldberg. Yeah. He had that entrance, which the entrance was the whole thing. You, really. pro- you prefer Goldberg. I did prefer Gil. Gilberg. I loved. <laughs> I was a, I was always popping for Gilberg. The longest reign of back in those days. Yeah. <laughs> Biggest Gilbar, Gilberg mark. Yeah. Bischoff still uh, hyping up the HLA. I don't think none of you are a bigger fan of Gilberg than Eric is. Probably not. <laughs> HLA. Who who actually liked Goldberg? Believe it or not. Yeah. yeah. I now, did you like Goldberg or did you just give credit to how good he well, was? Well, how. Like, well, like I said, he was. I didn't like WCW. Like my brother loved like WCW. Did he? Yeah, he did. He was he, yeah. the baby face. Yeah, the baby face. <laughs> Such a heel move. <laughs> I hated some. I hated WCW. <clears throat> There's some guys I liked. Um, when Goldberg was kind of big, I liked them, but they <clears throat> they they used them up real quick. They dried that that well out. I watched for the NWO for a little while, and then for like a year and a half, I was solely watching for Jericho. Well, the NWO was only good with the three guys. Mm-hmm. Then, it got, then it got overclocked. Yeah. Well, then did you like when they had like nine factions of the, roster, of the NWO? Huh? Two thirds of the roster eventually were NWO. Yeah. Did you like what? when they had those nine factions of the NWO? No. It was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it was. The they just overdid the, it. The, that's the Bullet Club right yeah. now. Yeah, only nobody else is doing anything like that, and it's it's an interesting thing in a smaller promotion that people are at least talking about. Yeah, and the fact that now all those guys are being spread all, all over the place. Well, yeah, now those guys are the ones you see coming into other companies, yeah. like, well, coming into WWE specifically, like, making a big splash. Mm-hmm. Um, we had Shaq in the crowd. Yeah. Yeah, who, he's probably going to have a WrestleMania match next year from what we're hearing. Yeah. I don't know if that's true. He, he, said it, he said it's true on his podcast. Did he? Yeah. We had Eddie Guerrero and Edge. Yes. One of my favorites Latino against one heat. of your favorites. He had the Latino Heat era. They got 12 minutes to tell this story. Edge, I believe, was, they said, coming off a concussion. Since when would they play a concussion angle? Well, well they, they wouldn't do that no more. They would never do it now. You, I, you can't do it now. No, because that's actually a big deal. Although they'll still let people give Michinoku drivers if they're worried about <laughs> concussions. But I, don't, I won't get into that. Because then that'll lead me down other roads that I don't want to go down right now. Dark, Edge, dark roads. There's yeah. no coming back from. Edge was unbelievably over at this time. Yes, he was. Now, did you love Edge yet at this point? Yes. Were you, like, you were yeah. all in on Edge I was all in. Point? I was all in. I was a big Edge mark. How about you, Joey? I liked Edge. I wasn't all in at this point. But I, I mean, did you I, like him more in like the rated R superstar days? I did. I was more into him rated R superstar days. I was still like we were mentioning earlier. I was still really into Jericho at this point. Um, a couple other things I really liked. Um, some of the storylines they had going with uh, Triple H. Yeah, I liked Edge at this time, but he wasn't a huge deal to me. He was—I thought he was really good, and I liked him. But I didn't—I actually really liked Edge for the first probably four years, and then yeah, Rated R Superstar Edge obviously went to one a of the things I really like this time level. period. We'll get into a little more later. Okay, uh, we had—I just love watching the way Eddie Guerrero carries himself. I do too. Like such a cocky. Heel, he got like a smoothness about him. Mm-hmm. Like, th- there's not many guys that just the way they walk around the ring means something. Yeah, and he did. Even I forget what he did to Edge. Maybe he was kicking him in the corner, or he had him at, in oh. a headlock too long. Uh-huh. And just the way he looked at the ref, like I'm sorry, okay? Like, <laughs> wasn't sorry. Not my obviously. fault. Yeah, just so disgusted that he would have to stop doing whatever he was doing. Uh, 
The way he put his foot on the rope, even. He got pinned. Just like the, the nonchalant just throw the foot up on the rope. He was placed perfect. it on the rope. He didn't even throw it up there. He was perfect. He really was. And this is another guy. It is a shame we didn't get to see more of him. Yeah. It's a shame so much of his career was wasted in WCW because they didn't do anything. Yeah. Them. And then they packaged him with uh, Perry Saturn and Team Lincoln when he first came in. Yeah. It, was, it took him a little while to stand on his own. Yeah. Now... I can tell you got something you want to say about this match. Yeah, this this match was awesome. This, this, <laughs> this is one of the two best two yeah. best matches on the card. <laughs> like I, we were talking about them working Edge had a concussion. Mm-hmm. When would you you wouldn't even see nowadays that Eddie was working Edge's head the entire yeah. match. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's a protocol now. You yeah. can't you can't. can't yeah, play. I think Jr. even a couple times like oh working on that head. <laughs> like I said, Edge was awesome. Eddie was awesome. Like you said Edge was over as hell mm-hmm. at this show. Even the, the the end spot was executed perfectly. I loved that. Yeah, I did too. The um, going to the top rope and doing the power bomb for the pin and grabbing tights. It was it was excellent. I, well, yeah, he exposed the turnbuckle. Yeah, Edge threw him into it. Then he slammed Edge's head into the turnbuckle. Then did the sunset flip power bomb. Great pinning combination. Loved it. Uh, great. He, I, there was actually a point when when the crowd started cheering for Eddie, which just shows you how beloved he was. Yeah, you, could, you couldn't boo Eddie even then. No, you, I mean he, he did sometimes, but yeah, the yeah, concussion a couple. angle. The concussion angle was de- it was definitely jarred me a little bit, like kind of surprised me. But I thought this was a great match. Well, you're comparing it from that era to this era, so that's why it's a little more jarring. I'm sure in your alcohol-soaked mind at the time, you weren't too worried about it when they're going over the concussion angles. Yeah. Now, do you do you agree this is one of the two best matches on the card, or do you have something else maybe like better than this? I mean, looking at the card, I wouldn't say that, but the match was really good. Watching so, it, so going into it, 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 was, it was better than what you would have thought. Of on course, paper. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I I was excited to see Eddie had a match on there. And yeah, especially I, these two again. I was each going other. back watching some Eddie Eddie Guerrero matches. <laughs> yeah, speaking of the the one match, the story with Ric Flair playing into the rest of the pay per view, we get a locker room segment with Triple H. Excellent. Alo, I can see Alo marking out with his Kool Aid jammer. <laughs> Probably chugged the whole one. Crushing the Kool Aid Did he spit it out like Triple H? Or yes, I did. His mom's there. Are you drinking another one, Eddie? <laughs> That's a horrible Brooklyn accent. <laughs> well, it, it could be somebody from Brooklyn. I'm sure I've heard somebody from Brooklyn. Well, I mean, it like wasn't that. more specific to Brooklyn. It was more specific to your mom. So anyway. <laughs> I did call her before the show to try so, to see. So you, you were really, specific. really trying to hammer down. Yeah, I was hammering down. I was hammering down the impression. Great actor. <laughs> That's what he does. The seeds yeah. of huh? this just right. the it's seeds right. of evolution being yeah. planted right now. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, I know. So Triple H goes into a obviously harass RVD, says you're hanging out with a loser like Ric Flair. Ric Flair does not take too kindly to that. RVD says something along the lines of I'd I'd much rather hang out with a loser like Ric Flair than I think he said than a supposed winner like than you. A supposed winner. I'd rather hang out with a supposed loser yeah. like Ric Flair. I forgot how great R V D was on the mic. So like they gave like they gave him a mic. <laughs> they never gave him a mic. The one thing I liked though was Triple H making the point of that Rob Van Dam didn't have enough desire, because that's the one thing. Whether you like Triple H, hate Triple H, that guy always came across as somebody that, like this stuff mattered to him, in real life and you know in the storylines. So that's a big part of Triple H's character. He always wanted to mm. be the best. There was not never, a second other than the yeah, industry. Yeah, never never wanted to be anything but the best. That that aspect of his character has never changed, never wavered. That's always what he wanted. So Ric Flair plants a little seed for later in the show. Ric Flair not happy with being called a loser. 
and being told he doesn't Triple have Triple H putting him down, yeah. Uh, so, at that point, let's see. IOW. I don't even remember what that is. Oh, IOW? That's what I have written down, yeah. Three-minute warning? Maybe, I don't know. That's the next match. Okay, so it's that Billy is what Chuck it is. Billy and Chuck and three-minute Billy and Chuck, Jamal and Rosie with Rico. This match got six and a half minutes. Billy and Chuck. I guess this was, this was more about what they were trying to force Stephanie into doing yeah, than this the actual was for, match. This is for the HLA. Yeah, I have nothing really to say. This Billy Gunn without Road Dog, I have no interest. I hated. In. I hated when they did this with wow. Billy and Chuck. It just, it just like this bad taste in my mouth. It was this match was fun. It was ni- It was nicely paced. It might have been, but I think one, the fact that it had something to do with Eric Bischoff, <laughs> and I think, like I said, Billy Gunn without Road Dog just does nothing. And for it was kind of like two tag teams you didn't really care a lot about at this. R- Rosie Reigns doing a moonsault. <laughs> that was impressive. <laughs> How about the famous sir from Billy? Yeah, that was good too. That was a pop-up famous. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was a fine match, but I didn't have a whole lot to say about it. So I'll let you two take take the reins on this one because I do. I have to? No, Halo. <laughs> you can say what you want to say about it. I better, hated Billy and Chuck. <laughs> better chops. Still do. Better chops. Scott Dawson or Rico? Ooh. Wow, that's a good one. Rico has some fine chops. He does. That, those yeah, are nice I'll give it. Chops. I'll give it to I'll Rico. Give it to Rico. They were they were good, beautifully manicured. Chops. They were choptastic. <laughs> yeah, they were they were wonderfully manicured, and uh, he didn't talk as much either. So I'll, and, I'll give it to him. But at, at the end of the match, we actually got some emotion out of Cole because yeah. his boss had to perform HLA. Yeah, Stephanie had a lot riding on the match. He, he re- she relied on uh, Billy and Chuck to get it done. They didn't. So HLA was coming. Do you know if he said anybody got planted during that match? <laughs> That's one of it. Or did he call anything a bank statement? No, he didn't. <laughs> no. I, did, I, did think, I do think he said planted. This is pre-bank statement, but not pre-Michinoku driver. <laughs> yeah. He, so he didn't, did he call anything a Michinoku driver that no. wasn't? No. Because usually when in doubt, he calls it a Michinoku driver. <laughs> he called the Blue Thunder Bomb the Michinoku <laughs> driver. Did. That might have been the, the most egregious one. The headlock he's calling it a Michinoku driver. Yeah. So, so anyway, this locked Stephanie into the HLA, a regrettable portion of the show. Although it did actually pay off in a, a pretty satisfying pretty entertaining way. way. Yeah, I, I will give them that, that they did pay it off. Um, that leads us to what I assume is Alo's favorite match of the night. It's not. No? It was mine. RVD. Really? No, no, okay, I thought I, I jumped ahead. Good. No, RVD challenging Triple H for the World Heavyweight Championship. Was this his actual first defense of it? Yes. So he was. it was handed to him. Mm-hmm. Yep. And no, it, well, it wasn't his first defense. It was handed to him, and then that night he defended it against Ric Flair on Raw. Okay, so this was his second defense yeah. then. Okay, but it's Ric Flair. <laughs> you have to love RVD mocking the water. Awesome. <laughs> A lot of little bit of personality from RVD, which, like you said, you didn't always get to see. I like I like the pacing of this match. I like the kind of mat wrestling to start it out. No, I mean knowing what RVD is capable of. Yeah, the fact that it started out as more of a technical match, him trying to exactly. match technical wrestling with Triple Which H. Which you're not going to do. I mean, Triple H is a very technical wrestler, and right. RBD is more of a uh, flying style. He did a bunch of flips in the ring, just back and forth. Yeah, so and it was entertaining. Little, yeah, little by little, he worked his way into a lot of the the exciting stuff that he does. So, Ayla, was there anything you didn't like about this match, or you just thought something else was better? Earl Hebner. <laughs> I was waiting for him to come up. <laughs> oh, you, your, your least you know, favorite referee. He, his son's just as bad. I'll get to that later. Like, yeah, don't don't think I wasn't waiting for Earl Hebner yeah, to come up yeah, during he is, this show. He is horrible. I'm not even. This is not even a nitpick. This is just a fact. <laughs> RBD was clearly outside the ring for a ten count. 
Mm-hmm. And Earl just stopped that nine. Yeah. He, he's ter- he's horrible. But this match was underwhelming. He had a se- senior citizen moment. He forgot what came after nine. His son, <laughs> I'll get to his son. Because his son is just as bad. <laughs> Like, this match was underwhelming. When you hear Triple H and RVD in a match, you think it would be a five-star match. Like, I was un- I was underwhelmed by this match. You you, you hear me criticizing a, a Triple H match. I do. Correctly. I'm surprised. Are you okay? Do I have to feel your forehead? I, I, I think there's gonna... somebody listening that doesn't think I criticize <laughs> Triple H. But that's, this match was underwhelming. It was a little slow at times. It, 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 it didn't hit on all cylinders for me. But... Go ahead, Ron. You got something to say? Oh, my biggest critique of it was that it was a little bit sloppy. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It, it didn't hit everything because like I said Triple H and RVD. I know we're all friends Triple H. I know we all love mm-hmm. RVD equally. So it's like, okay, you see Triple H and RVD in a match, you think it'll be a five-star instant classic. But people kind of forget about this match. But I brought this up um, when Kevin Owens won the Universal title. The way when Flair came out, well, you basically knew that Flair was going to be involved because they talked about him the entire match. Yeah. They, they they kept laying Easter eggs about Ric Flair. And then when Flair came out, and when Flair hit RV with the chair, Triple H just stared at him the whole time. He was set up the pedigree. He was staring. He was looking directly at Flair mm-hmm. while he did the pedigree. It, even when he pinned him, changed it with Kevin Owens and Triple H did. And that I mentioned that when that happened a few weeks ago yeah. on Raw. That yeah, they of, they sold it perfectly. Owens sold it perfectly, and Triple yeah. H did the same exact thing. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was awesome. Um, Obviously, remembering it happened, you don't get like the surprise value, but it's kind of funny to watch back and see the story evolve, no pun intended, as the show but, went on. <laughs> but you're correct. It did evolve that yeah. way. And... DX or Evolution? Huh. That is a good one. I can't pick. I mean, I Ev- say... Evolution was more successful, quote-unquote. Really? But the- yeah, they were successful in the fact that they, they all had titles. They were all main event guys. DX wasn't like that. Uh, now, if HBK was around for the full run of DX, well, the progression maybe it'd be of different. evolution, I can, I'll say that. But DX, they all had, they had all the titles too. I, I yeah, I mean, for me, it's not that complicated. I had, I'd go DX. Just I'll for, just say DX. For what, they, yeah. what they did at the time, and again, it kind of progressed a, and transitioned. But yeah, I had definitely more of a uh, affinity for DX. Than Evolution, but Evolution, great faction. Yeah. The fact that Ric Flair could be in two high-level factions like that, and it, it, Triple H could be in two high-level well, factions like that. If you're talking about high-level factions, uh, Flair's been in more than two. What was the other one? Horseman, Evolution. Horseman, Evolution. Those are the two I was thinking of. I thought there was another one, wasn't there? Well, we'll we'll get Alo on the case. Yeah. <laughs> to I'll find it. I'll Google it. <laughs> Google that. Yeah, we had the sledgehammer introduced in this match, which I think everybody saw that coming. Flair hits RVD with it. We had a ref. We had what two ref bumps in this match, didn't we? Oh, he's so bad. I don't think he was supposed to get bumped, but it's a tap. How did how did you feel about the super slow three count? He he is the worst. You you didn't like the exaggerated slow count? When he hangs the three, yeah, he is so bad. <laughs> So Triple H goes on, retains his title. RVD does not win it on this night. Like you said, the seeds of evolution have been planted this night. Backstage, anybody have anything else they want to say about this match? Triple H, excellent. (laughs) I enjoyed the match. I think it was that bad. I I think it was bad. It was underwhelming when you hear the name Triple H and RVD. I mean, you say everyone loves RVD. I have kind of sour taste in my mouth from RVD. Oh, you do? Huh? Why? Well, I met him maybe... Oh, so this is like a personal... Yeah, oh, maybe about six oh. years ago on Hollywood Boulevard. And he's did he do to you what Billy Gunn did to Eric? Kind of. 
It was a late night at Highwood Boulevard, and he's there in his Daisy. He's literally wearing Daisy Dukes. And All right, pack. great look for a yeah. guy. Yeah, Daisy fanny Dukes pack. fanny pack and like a tight so yellow shirt. So it came shirt. down lower, the fanny pack <laughs> or the shorts? Uh, it, was, it was tough. I mean, the fanny pack was covering uh, a lot. Were, were you not sure if he was wearing shorts under the fanny pack? I, I, yeah, I had no idea. <laughs> he may have been just wearing I, Yeah, there might have, it might have just been a fanny pack. <laughs> and me and my one friend were, were fans of wrestling. We're like, hey, RVD, what's up? He's like, yo, and just walked away. I mean, at this time, he wasn't even in a promotion because it was between his yeah. realm with WWE and his late, last one, which he wasn't that long either way. And he just sort of shunned us in his Daisy Dukes. That sounds pretty similar to what happened to Eric yeah. with Billy Gunn. I think he was high as a kite, which isn't too far-fetched for RVD. No, I'd be more surprised if he wasn't. <laughs> Backstage, we had a quick segment with Billy Kidman and D'Lo Brown. Not not the uh, cocky D'Lo we're used to. No head nods. Yeah, it was it was a very uh, he play, was playing it very straight. Yeah, well, what's with your dad? <laughs> With some guy who was on The Young and the Restless. I don't know who he was. Yeah. I don't know what the point yeah. of it was. I didn't never watch any of the shows. I never planned on watching any of the shows, and I don't care who that guy was. No, but I did like to see D-Lo. Always good to see D-Lo Brown, one of my, one of my, the unsung heroes of the Attitude Era, to, uh, to quote Vince Russo. Trish and Molly Holly for the women's <laughs> title. Wow. Only got five and a half minutes. Probably fitting. But no, I... That was a good match. I was going to yeah. say, I thought... For everything, for all the talk of how good women's wrestling is right now, which it is, obviously, I'm not going to take anything away from that. It has come a long way. This, I thought this was a really good match. I thought, I think when you think back to that time, you truly do think of that they were just like models who were ripping each other's clothes off all the time. And this was a legitimately a wrestling I match. I mean, Trish, Trish was a good wrestler. I had nothing wrong with It was so funny when, when she just came out, King said, Woo! <laughs> yeah, watching King every time a woman came on screen, I think was always great. It was always a highlight. Uh, I think at one time he said she got kicked right in the puppies, which obviously that was one of his big catchphrases yeah. from the era. You see them puppies? And I think Jr. even shortened it to pup at one point, which fun Jr. being Jr. Those two were so great together. But yeah, I thought this was like a, a better match than what I was expecting. Molly Holly was good. Yeah, she was good. And I think a lot of the the four horsewomen now cite her as one of their. Inspirations: Trish and Trish, Lita, Molly Holly, and maybe one other person. Yeah, Molly Holly is underrated. Yeah, I, mean, my, I, I enjoyed Molly Holly too. I, this match just didn't really do it for me, though. Unfortunately. Yeah, I don't necessarily blame you for that, but I thought it was a good match. I thought it was, it was like I said, it was better than I was expecting. Maybe I've been spoiled recently with a lot, of, a lot of good women wrestling. Probably. So I had high expectations, higher expectations than I should have, but. Yeah, I, I thought it was good. I enjoyed it. Uh, we had Rico. Wait, I got something to say. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, All right. Um, once again, King, the mm-hmm. GOAT. At this time... Yeah, especially this point in time, he yeah. was... At, at this point, Molly Holly had broke up with Spike Dudley. Cause mm-hmm. tr- okay, so that was after. I was wondering. Yeah, that. yeah. Molly Holly broke up with Spike Dudley, and Molly won the women's title from Trish at King of the Ring. So they were playing this angle where Molly was a virgin. That's why all those virgin jokes Oh, okay. In. So, yeah, that was kind of going over my head. So Jr. said, Molly's been a great defending champion. And King says, might as well, she's not dating anyone. <laughs> <laughs> and and they were, then they were going all over the, all over the country that the show's going to be in. Mm-hmm. And it was like King was like, oh, yeah, we're, we're in the Virgin Islands. That's where Molly Holly's <laughs> from. <laughs> That's what King was so good at, was that as overly sexualized as things were at that time, and King played a big part in oh, that. Yeah. 
like being just overt with it. He also was so great at the subtle stuff that you the made very subtle stuff up. that is very entertaining too. Yeah. It wasn't just beating to death. Yeah, and and then there was a part where they were fighting to the turnbuckle, and King was like, "I wish I was the ref." That Jr. got so mad <laughs> and yelled at him. Says, "I bet you wish you were the turnbuckle with the pad, the ropes." <laughs> This match was good for what is it, five minutes they got? Yeah, five I, minutes. I thought the match was entertaining. Seconds. It was it was quick it was fast paced and we, we got to the point. Yeah, when um this I mean, is the this is the thing today, it's like people, we're always when it comes down to it, like I know we're gonna have a women's bracket soon. And this is gonna be the argument in this bracket, it's like because they they weren't given the time that they get now. Yeah. So there's gonna be a lot of arguments about who's better and who will work now and who 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 was good then that will work now. Yeah. Just given opportunities. Yeah, like imagine I guess there's only so much you can do in five minutes. Yeah. yeah you, five minutes. They packed a lot in. Yeah, they five they minutes. did a yeah, they got a lot as much as they could in in five minutes. They didn't waste any of that five and a half minutes. But you think back, like obviously everyone knows the affinity I have for Sasha Banks and the rest of the four horsewomen. But I'm not ready to say any one of them has already passed Trish or Lita yet. A lot of people are, are ready to say that already. But yeah, no, I'm not. I don't you can. I think it's and just especially, fresh. Yeah, and especially because you didn't get to see Trish and Lita given the same opportunity. But so at, at the very least, they deserve a lot of respect for being the women who kind of inspired those girls to do what they're doing. Yeah, because like back then, where there was only really Trish, Lita. They misused Gail Kim tremendously when mm-hmm. they did have her. They threw the title on her her first night on the, on the roster. They had, was it Molly Holly, Jazz, Victoria. Victoria's another one who's awesome, but who knows? If they gave her more time, who knows what she could have accomplished. Yeah, they definitely did not get the most out of the talent that they had. And I think people forget the amount of talent they had. Yeah, the thing is... Like Vince Russo, not to cut you off, but Vince Russo got really upset with the promo Sasha Banks oh, cut God. a couple weeks ago. <laughs> Saying, you know, we're not bra and panty matches anymore. We're not the bathroom break anymore. And he basically said, well, she insulted all those women back then. It's like, no, she didn't. She didn't. She insulted you for putting those women in those <laughs> positions. Those women didn't choose to do that. I mean, I'm sure some of them had no problem doing it. She didn't call out the, the matches that they wrestled. She just called out the gimmicks that they yeah, were putting. Yeah, she didn't call out them either. She didn't no, say, the, like, oh, Just you the know, gimmicks that were... Those women sucked back then. She just said, we've come to a point where now we're superstars, just yeah. like the men are. yeah. And, yeah, Vince got all uh, bent out of shape about it. Yeah. And he even called her sexist. Yeah. Okay. No, but everybody, kept, oh, yeah, everybody kept calling him that's sexist insane. after that because they knew he was... That's, 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 that's the best bull. Like, really. Yeah, and, and childish. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But it's like, Yeah, but that's a good point. that they, they had more talent than people remember. They just didn't get a chance to use it the yeah. way these girls are now. Yeah, and I give TNA a lot of credit because TNA, like WWE Women's Division now and NXT Women's Division, TNA was doing this for years. Yeah. It just, gets, uh, it just, it just doesn't get recognized. Yeah. Are they still called the knockouts, or have they yeah, changed that? they're still knockouts. Okay, I wasn't sure. Yeah, they had some um, solid matches, TNA. Yeah, because they had Gail Kim. She was awesome. Yeah, uh, and what's her name? from? Uh, I like Jade a lot. Yeah, she's good. She had a great match at uh, House of Hardcore. I wonder if she'll be there again. I guess we'll see. I don't know who's going to be on at that show. You can see Cameron. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> I ask her what her favorite match is. Tell her yours is AJ Lee versus Curran. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I will. Yeah, if Eric's not going to do it, maybe I will. Yeah. So we had Rico with Rosie and Jamal with Eric Bischoff backstage. Again, just promoting the HLA, which uh, there, were, there were a lot of signs out there for HLA, too. It was over. So the uh, the male demographic, ages 18 to 34, were out in full force <laughs> for that storyline. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of fine-looking women back in that locker yeah, room. Yeah, I'm sure me, 23-year-old me, probably didn't mind it either. 
But 37-year-old me is a different mm. story. It's one sitting on the arm of the chair. <laughs> puppies. <laughs> yeah. A young Alo's hormones are all over the place. <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't know what to think of it, what to make of any of it. Exactly. They're about, what, 12 Kool-Aids? <laughs> <laughs> He was a cool dozen. Sugared up. He was high just he was just sugar. cracking into a baker's dozen of Kool-Aid jammers. High on high fructose corn syrup. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> this, I assume, is your favorite match of the night that we're getting to now. Yes. The Olympic hero. My Kurt favorite Angle match as well. Against the the Wolverine. The rabid Wolverine. Chris Benoit, he who shall not be named. The Voldemort of no dot WWE. Yeah, <laughs> I was I was a huge Benoit fan at this point. Uh, he was speaking awesome. of people awesome. I was like really into, and I mean him and Kurt Ankle had some amazing matches. Yeah, and I there's remember. so many matches they wrestled that sometimes you forget matches like this, which mm-hmm. were really good that you don't really think about. Yeah. I don't even remember him having a bad match. No, Benoit. No, he didn't. I, I it's very hard for me to name one. He was awesome. He had. So this is a guy who. Because he's smaller, you know, obviously not a, a quote-unquote Vince McMahon guy because of his stature. And I've talked about this with Michaels. I've talked about it with Sasha Banks. Somebody who's small, who carries himself in a way where you don't realize how small they yeah. are. And he's definitely a guy who had all that intensity that you almost didn't realize he was as small as he was. He was kind of diesel, too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he was jacked. He was just a small guy. But this was an awesome match. Very technical matches, exchanges. Technical match. That that sequence where they were doing all the Germans. It was nice to see a bunch of German suplex where Brock Lesnar wasn't involved. (laughs) Suplex City. And it wasn't called Suplex City, which was funny. I liked Suplex City for a little while, but now I've... uh, We've overstayed our welcome in Suplex City. <laughs> after, after it became a thing, Closing I got tired of it. It was cool when he said at WrestleMania, but after that, it, it, got, it got annoying. Yeah, I regret buying the shirt now. I, I didn't will, mind I it for the first that. couple of weeks when he said he was going to send someone to Suplex City, but then, again, overused, over... over yeah, the, the, the only thing I like about Suplex City still is hearing Paul Heyman overpronounce Suplex City. City. <laughs> City. It's the, uh, the only redeeming quality of it. But awesome match. Both guys great. Transitions into like finishers into submissions. That was yeah. awesome. Great. Oh. And this is another thing where I, I feel like if this match happened now, it would be appreciated ten times more because people are so much more versed in grappling from watching UFC. So I think this is it was ahead of its time, I think. Yeah. I think Kurt Angle was they ahead both of its ahead time. Of course, yeah. Kurt yeah. Angle was just amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great match. Angle, I know, always cites that, like, Benoit was his favorite guy to work yeah, with. Yeah, because... Mm. Uh, well, are you guys done saying? Because I got a lot to say about this. Yeah, the only thing I was going to say was that the, the transitions into the finish of the match was incredible. Yeah, it was. All right, because... Um, it's amazing this feud started over a stink... Laughing over a stink face. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just found it. And... <laughs> I always talk about the SmackDown 6. Mm-hmm. And the two best matches on this card are four out of SmackDown 6. And I don't know if you guys know, Rey Mysterio and Chavo, they wrestled on Heat at this show. Yeah, I didn't I didn't know that, but I was looking up the match results afterwards uh, to get my, my notes ready. And uh, I did see that, and I was like, oh, I wish I would have watched that. Yeah, and next month is the tag team finals for the tag team titles, which I tell you, this that's probably the best tag team match <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. And what I say, with, the, with these two guys, they've had so many rivalries or feuds throughout their careers, 
and the matches just always got better. In 2001, the year prior, at WrestleMania, they were at WrestleMania 17 in a backlash. They had ultimate submission. In Judgment Day, they, they had two out of three balls. In episode of Raw, they had the, the, the steel cage when Angle did the moonsault off the top of the cage. And then you think this match is awesome. Three, four months later, they got another match on the Royal Rumble 2003, which is way better than this, <laughs> believe it or not. Yeah, that, those dudes were awesome. I assume they probably could have gone out there every night and put on a great match, a different match every night. Yeah, and the crowd was in, they were into it. Yeah. But, but like, even though Kurt Angle got you such chance, even though you could tell he was beloved. That was just the thing, yeah, it was just fun to do. Yeah, but he was, like, both those guys were beloved. And this is before this is before the so-called IWC became what it is today. Both these guys were so beloved at this time. I was thinking about this, and I'm glad you brought that up. Is there any? Because now anything like that is just like mean spirited and negative. Is do we have anything like that right now, where somebody's getting booed or chants that are negative, but it's done in a fun, constructive way? No. I can't think of anything. No. Can you? I'm thinking hard. I mean, not like I think of offhand. Like what happened to just having fun? Yeah. Everyone knows too much now. Everyone thinks they know what's best. Yeah, everybody thinks. Does John they know Cena count? Uh, that could say, that could count. But that's, but that's still I feel like more mean spirited than fun. Uh, sometimes you get the Cena sucks chance that. So aren't. now, now maybe I'm looking at this still through my poop colored glasses from the summer. No, I, I'm with you because I'm still, I'm still, ha- I still have a hangover. <laughs> I was talking about this with Joey before. Like I haven't recovered. <laughs> yeah, yet. I still have a hangover. <laughs> I dreaded watching the cruise with Clack before I came here. I but, like... but those people around us, they were not chanting John Cena sucks in a fun, playful way. They hate John Cena and they just wanted to see him lose. That guy, oh, who would have thought John Cena would be in the match of the night? <laughs> He's made an appearance every week since Excellent impression. Yeah, he'll make an appearance every time John Cena comes up on the show. <laughs> I, feel uh, like that, I feel like that guy should be a character on your on show. <laughs> Maybe he will be. I like the voice. <laughs> oh, gee whiz. Who would have thought John Cena would have been a, had been a match of the night candidate with AJ Styles? Like, yeah, anybody who watches wrestling probably would have thought that. I'm pretty sure I said it would be the match of the night before. Before, And our, our good friend, Rusty Agostino, said the same thing. It would be the match of the night. Yeah. Our, our producer, Dennis McGee, said the same thing. Match of the night candidate. He was telling me. He was calling me the night before. I guarantee you this going to be the match of the night. Right, you heard it here first. <laughs> I was like, what do you want, Soup? Yeah, no, this was great. Uh, did you did you uh, have more to say about this match or any of these two guys? No, these guys are awesome. Yeah, great match. Uh, probably was match of the night. Yeah. What, what was your match of the night? Or that, have we not this match, to this match was the match of the night. This, this is the match. Edge and Guerrero. Did either of you remember how good this match was? No. When you see Angle Benoit, you know, you know, it I knew matter. it was going to be a good match. But I, didn't, I, I didn't remember how good this was. Well, yeah. somebody has the month of January for Throwback Madness. It has so many wonderful yeah. options. To pick. <laughs> you thought this match was awesome. Watch them at Rumble Three for the World. Have time. you already calculated who has it? You. Is it me? Okay. You have so oh, many I got options. time. I have time to get to that. Um, so backstage we have Brock with Heyman doing a classic promo Brock as much of a freak of nature as Brock still is now he was even more so back then really? yeah it's before he went through his uh, bout with uh I just feel like what was it? He's still he's still just as big, but I feel like I thought he's bigger now. I feel like he's so much more muscle. Like his muscles were much more chiseled back then, which maybe there was something he was using. Man crush. He might he might not have the <laughs> mass that he has now. Because that was in my notes for when he came out. He looked smaller back then. I just felt like his his traps were enormous. 
I just felt like his body was much more Take chiseled. It down. Take it down a notch. Take <laughs> it down a notch. I thought he was in phenomenal shape. You get at a little sweat. You get a little heated. Well, <laughs> off the collar. So chiseled with the traps in there. Oh my lord. And he's turning red. Yeah. Well, now I am. Uh, but Heyman with the ponytail, always a great look. I like how he was Asian back then. Yeah. The that Asian. Is, that is advocate. Not the advocate. Still began with an A, but it was it was a very different job title. Uh, Bischoff with the the lesbians in question comes down to the ring. Peaches and cream. <laughs> I love peaches and cream. I love I love how Fink just said the lesbians. <laughs> that that was a great thing. <laughs> oh my. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think people listening at home Thought will Fink think we here. have Fink yeah. on the podcast. Tonight. The lesbians. <laughs> I just got a pop. Uh, I laughed so hard. When he did you, that. you need to work that into the show a little more. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, that cracked me up when he said that. Because as I was writing my notes, and you'll see right here, I put Bischoff with women, and I almost put lesbians over like that because I'm not going to say that. But then they were introduced as the lesbians. Yeah, as the lesbians. So, uh, so Stephanie has to come out and face her punishment, which Bischoff kept. Teasing it and taking it away, and they made him take the shirts off, which is entertaining. Yeah, he ultimately got to. Oh, go ahead. Bishop said he interviewed tons of lesbians. Yeah, what are you asking him? (laughs) I I don't know. Would you make out with? I would have liked to have seen the questionnaire. You're a lesbian. Would you make out with a woman? Like the interview may have simply been, "Are you a lesbian?" And that's that's the the interview process. (laughs) Um, You answer. He ultimately said Stephanie made a comment that she may even enjoy it, mm-hmm. so he had to find somebody repulsive. And Hildegard comes out. Hildegard. Who clearly was a man. Wow, yeah. King said, look at those lips, she could French kiss a moose. <laughs> I don't know how you couldn't tell that that was that a was, woman. You could t- oh. But, but he said, I found the filthiest lesbian <laughs> I could find. Didn't she, when she allegedly just got out of prison yeah. as well? Like a very unattractive Mrs. Dalfire. Yes, yeah, Stephanie was all over Hildegard. Triple H went happy. Yeah, and then you find out that it was Rikishi. Yeah, as he tried to peel his face off. Yeah. He, let's keep on patches. Yeah, his, some of that face might still be on right now. <laughs> it's kind of scary. Yeah, 14 years later, there might still be some of Hildegard's face on Rikishi. <laughs> and gives Bischoff the stink face, which... Personally, I popped for. That was the goat of Sting Faces because it was good. He, Bischoff wasn't even on a turnbuckle yeah. anymore. He was still doing it. Yeah. And, he, and he legit didn't have his butt covered. Yeah. <laughs> now, a p- part of the kiss, too, that I thought was entertaining is if you're watching um, Stephanie trying to wrap her arms yeah, and grab her key, she He was just, She was somewhere on the thighs. Yeah, Stephanie could not get all the way there, uh, but turned into a, a funny segment. Nice super, kick, nice super kick. When, yeah. When the girls took their shirts off, King said it in Vince's voice. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Do you think it was intentional? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I love when they first came out and King's like, oh, I love peaches and cream. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he, he said, I saw her earlier. She smells delicious. <laughs> so yeah, so Attitude Eric King is really, he's honestly, he's right up there with JR. I feel like JR gets, is so revered for obvious reasons and de- deservedly so. And I guess this is kind of a case of sometimes you can stay around long enough where people don't appreciate you anymore. Uh, kind of why a lot of like art, like musicians who die young are more revered than people who are around forever. But Jerry the King Lawler, especially in this time period, was just just as good as Jr. Different role, but I mean, yeah. neither one of them would have been as good without the other. Yeah, they played well of each other. Yeah, they knew each other. 
they and they it's not an annoying way where you're like, I don't want to hear that guy. It was very entertaining to listen to. Yeah, I mean, being from Philadelphia, they they were very much a tandem like uh, Harry Callis and Richie Ashburn, Ooh. like just mm. perfect together. They fit like a glove together. Uh, main event of the evening. Uh, we've had this match now what three times since then in the last year and a half. I appreciate years. this way more. Uh, so do I. Uh, this is one of the things I have down. So Brock Lesnar, the next big thing against The Undertaker in Not My Favorite Incarnation. Now, I'm not the biggest fan of Brock at this point in time. But this version of Brock... One of the things I've always said about Brock is one thing he has going for him. There's nobody else like him. Now, when he started, you had not seen anybody like him before. And the crazy thing is, we're now in 2016, and still nobody has come along like Brock Lesnar. He's still there, and he's still the only thing like him in the industry. But he was willing to actually have a match. Yes, I put that here. He actual wrestling. <laughs> he actually wrestled. He got some color. Yeah, got some color. He got thrown out of the ring a bunch of times. He he did a lot of stuff that you don't associate him with being willing to do anymore. I guess because he doesn't have to. Nah, but. I don't look forward to a Brock Lesnar match anymore because I know I could have my eyes closed and I could call the match at this point. But this, I thought it was fun to not know what was going to happen. And I liked the idea of The Undertaker being able to throw him around. Yeah, make it a little more of a match than just a a, a shoot for Lesnar. Yeah. So, Alo, is this the first time that anybody really physically competed with Brock? At this point, yes. Because he ran, he ran through the Hardys. He went, he ran through RVD. He took out Hollywood Hogan, and then he beat The Rock. And Undertaker is actually the first like real big formidable opponent. This is to put Brock over. So the Undertaker was the big dog in in the situation. I love the video package. I'll, that shot of him t- holding touching mm-hmm. Sarah's belly. I'll always remember that. We just said payback's a bitch. It still made me uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, now. yeah. I'll I'll never forget that because that was awesome. Yeah, but. Watching Undertaker throw Brock around, it, it, even watching these older shows, it makes me appreciate the Undertaker more. And now as I look at it, I'm like, oh. Yeah, because he's not that anymore. But I, he, we mentioned this on the show a couple weeks ago, best big man of all time. You have Joe, you, you think he's the best big man of all time? Is there anybody you put up there Who's with that? the Undertaker? No. I mean, Undertaker. I mean, I think he's in, a, yeah, he's in a class of his own. Well, can you put Bam Bam with him, or Bam Bam's just a whole different body size? I mean, you could put him up there as a I big man. I don't think he's touched the Undertaker. Well I, well, well, I know, would you say Bam Bam's more more athletic than Undertaker? Well, I wouldn't put them in the same category, because Bam Bam was why. Yeah. I, just, I mean, would you put Hulk Hogan in the category more, with Undertaker? He can't move. No, he can't move, but... I consider Hogan a big man, but I think Bam Bam... I do consider him a big man, but I think Bam Bam... I don't think he's more athletic than The Undertaker. I think his athleticism is more impressive because of how heavy he was. Whereas The Undertaker was just huge. He wasn't fat. Mm-hmm. Kind of like Owen. Like, Kevin Owens does stuff now that you're like, he shouldn't how? be able to how, do how? any of this. How, how? Does a man that size? Yeah. He's freaking fat, bro. <laughs> but that, he's also That guy never be yeah. champion. Yeah. Yeah, we had another ref bump in this match. Oh, my God. Earl Hebner's bloodline. <laughs> Yeah, what do you want to say about Earl Hebner's son? He is terrible. He calls for disqualification because he got sandwiched. (laughs) 
That annoyed me too. Well, I mean, he did see both of them had color too. I mean, he, he, had, he had to think some hijinks was up. This is ruthless aggression. Doesn't call it as a me thing. I'm like, you call for the bell when when, the, you, when you get sandwiched, and he hangs the three count just like Earl. Yeah. Well, this is just a reason to set up the hell in the cell. Well, we had a broken Matt Hardy sighting. Pre-broken. Yeah. This is V1. He wasn't broken yet. <laughs> he wasn't he, talking like Brother Nero. <laughs> Is a genius. Uh, have you been watching TNA? No, I have not. Okay. I haven't. I'm gonna catch up. I you think. need to because I've been getting burned out on all the other no, wrestling no, homework I have to no, do. No, I watch it just just for him at this point. And they have this thing with um, the decay. So it's delete. Is near Jeff is with Matt now. So mm-hmm. basically, the, the, they went face, and they're facing this team called the Decay. Mm-hmm. So Matt had this thing at his house where he was training everybody, and he caught. And you know, I don't know if you heard, but Matt has a zoo. Or some of animals that, in his yeah. house. So I think he mentioned it on the Jericho podcast. Yeah. So I, I forgot what it was. I don't know if it was a cow or what. He called it George Washington, and then he made Jeff fight a kangaroo. <laughs> a kangaroo. <laughs> what is going on? And then he he I forgot who he took. I don't know who he took. So Senor Benjamin with him to see. I think I think it was monkeys. Don't <laughs> I think it was monkeys. And he said these are these are my monkeys. Nick and Matt, the bucks of the youth. <laughs> I was, uh, that sounds like a bad I love trip. his. Uh, he is. I don't know if you remember, we talked about the Jericho podcast. I couldn't remember what his name for Lucha Underground was. I can't, I can't remember. I think it was the Subterranean Lucha. <laughs> I, I believe is what it was. The Honorable Wrestling. <laughs> The Honorable Wrestling. I still need to know if I. I I'm so decided if I need to get an autograph because he's going to be there. Uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, there was a third ref bump, and like you said, there was a, a, a DQ finish. But Brock even got manhandled after the match. Yeah, I'm, I, that was awesome. I'm, I, I always pop for somebody going through a stage. Yeah. I, my first time I saw that was Rhino Gore and Jericho through the SmackDown stage. I will always pop for that. They didn't do that today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Brock going through the Unforgiven sign, and that was the way the show ended, right? Yeah, and I got another thing. To, you got mm-hmm. anything else to say, Joey? And this was a good way because after No Mercy next month, they said, I appreciate this feud way more than the other stuff because the other stuff compared to this was horrible. But this was the end, for the, the end of the year for The Undertaker. And he had a rough year in 2002 because he had a lot of stinkers. <laughs> it, well, the best moment of the year was when Maven eliminated him from the Royal Rumble in his face. That was awesome. <laughs> but he had a stinker with The Rock. Maven. <laughs> wow. He had a stinker with The Rock at No Way Out, a stinker with Flair at WrestleMania, a stinker with Austin, the the jobberest of stinkers with Hogan at Judgment Day. His match with Triple H wasn't good. And then July, he picked it up. He ended the year well because he had that ladder match with Jeff Hardy on Raw for the WWE title. And then he had that awesome triple threat with The Rock and Kurt Angle. Mm-hmm. Then he fought Tess. Then he had the Brock stuff. So he ended the year very strong. Uh, yeah, The Undertaker... Like I just said, there's nobody like Lesnar. There really is nobody else like The Undertaker either. I mean, nobody's going to have that type of career for that length of time. It's going to be a long time before anybody else does that, if with, ever. With, no. the, with the gimmick of being dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know if they're going to have a gimmick like that, but I mean, a big man that can move, you could have a... Uh, if Cass has a l- l- long that was, That's career. my closest thing. If he has a l- longevity... But, that but Cass is seven foot. That. He's not seven foot for a shoe. What is he? Six eight? Six nine? Six something like that? I don't care if he's seven foot for sure, but his size, he's yeah, tall. Cass can move. And he flies over the ropes. Yeah. And no, he he's great. He just needs to have any kind of longevity 
closely the Undertaker, which is really hard to do. Yeah, the the thing is though is part of what is so amazing about the Undertaker is that the gimmick is so great. Oh yeah, twenty six years. Iconic. Yeah, like there. So you have to be that big, be able to work like that, and have an unbelievable gimmick that people will care about for twenty five years. It's a it's a hard, it's a hard thing to match. Very. So I'm not saying it's going to happen overnight. There. No, it, it's right? not. It'll be it'll take some time. Can we talk more about how sculpted Brock Lesnar was at this time? I, I think you guys embarrassed me enough over that, so I think I'm done talking about it forever. I maybe just done For, talking forever. about Brock Lesnar on this show. Um, don't, don't, don't be like that. <laughs> um, we all enjoyed this pay-per-view. It was a nice trip down memory lane. Good main event. Uh, great match with Angle and Chris Benoit. Great match with Edge and Eddie Guerrero. Some Latino heat, always nice to see. Eric Bischoff, thank goodness he has nothing to do with WWE anymore. No more HLA? No, no more of that. Uh, But it was fun. It was a fun show to watch. If you haven't seen it in a while, go back and watch it. And before we get out of here, we're going to let Mr. Wednesday Night Live, Alo Aaron Lloyd, make his selection for Throwback Madness in October. Well, Joey, I don't know if you listened, but um, I asked Ron a few weeks ago, do you want to see something you see? You never saw before. You want to have some fun. What what are, you, what, what are your thoughts? Just want to have fun. Yeah, I want to have some fun. Okay, because I I originally like on this show we know well we've talked about the years you and Eric didn't watch. Mm-hmm. So my original pick was going to be No Mercy two thousand eight. Okay, and I was, with, definitely Jer- didn't see that with Jericho and Michaels because we talked about that yeah. feud and ladder match and I thought you guys never saw yeah, it. I've seen that match, but I didn't watch the whole. Paper. Okay, so I wasn't I wasn't sure. And I thought since we talked about it that. It would have been great to review, mm-hmm. and then I don't think he reviewed a Michaels match on this show for Throwback we Madness yet. We have not, no. Yeah, but to have more fun, I'm going to go with something we all appreciate. All right. No Mercy 2001, <laughs> where Chris Jericho got over winning the big one. <laughs> the big one. <laughs> yeah. So No Mercy 2001. So we're sticking to the same time period, which is actually a lot well, of fun. A year earlier. A year earlier, but I kind of like that we're all in similar time frames for these. Yeah. Like we, they've all been within four years of each other. All been times that I've been in my late teens, early twenties. Yeah. So we got Stone Cold. You can, get, you can get a refresher. Yeah. So <laughs> main event: Austin Angle RVD for the title, The Rock and Jericho for the WCW title, Edge and Christian Intercontinental Ladder Match, which is awesome. Yeah. Sounds like a great card. The main event: The Lingerie Match. <laughs> Stacey Keeler and Tori Wilson. <laughs> Did Sasha Banks is angry. Did love yeah. those legs. <laughs> yeah, Sasha Banks would be angry at this one. And the WCW, WCW tag titles, Hardys against Hurricane and Lance Storm. Uh, Kane and Test, Undertaker, Booker T. And I believe Dudley is against Big Show and Tajiri for the tag titles. Wow, that is an unbelievable card. It's a big card. So, I'm looking forward to watching this one. I'm in. It's been 15 years. I hope that... Everybody out there will take some time, give it a watch before we broadcast that episode in October. But that's it for Throwback Madness for this week. We have some sexy Mr. Sexy Punakana, baby, C. Kane Joe Rottermill. We have Mr. Wednesday Night Live, Alo Aaron Lloyd. I am Ron Pashery, and we will see you next month. They talking all of they talking all of they hop on the top rope by the land with this elbow. Got him now, put him down right now, hit him with the palm handle.
tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. This is Superman, it's a summer slam. Here we go again, fans mocking man. Man, I hate my balls. Shut the Vince McMahon, it ain't safe to land off the cell. Fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talking madness, awesome. Well, what I'm cooking, man, y'all off the smell.